Hopes are being raised that it could be possible to avoid the resistance malaria parasites can develop to the drugs needed to cure patients. Scientists reported findings at the American Society of Tropical Medicine and Hygiene Conference in Philadelphia about the genes that cause this resistance. I asked Professor David Conway first, what are the worries over drug resistance? The biggest worry today is the emergence of a slower clearance of infections by the artemisinin combination therapies in Southeast Asia, particularly in Cambodia, but also, more recently, it's been seen in the western part of Thailand. And when you say slower clearing, that suggests that there is some kind of resistance going on? Indeed. We have to be careful how we use the terminology so many people are not comfortable about reporting resistance at this stage because, indeed, most of the patients still have therapeutic cure. Ultimately, it's just that the parasite is taking longer to be removed from the blood. So it's not clinical resistance yet, but it's looking worrying. Medical people worry about resistance to drugs, resistance to the treatments, and you actually have a method of calculating what happens at the genetic level. In fact, you've done this in the past, or you've done this using historical data. Can you tell me about the study on this that you're presenting right here in Philadelphia? In the Gambia, resistance has appeared over the last 25 years gradually to previously used drugs, particularly chloroquine, and then after that to Fancidar. So we took the opportunity of having archived samples over that whole period from 1984 through to 2008, when in that year a new artemisinin combination therapy was introduced but we looked did a retrospective analysis throughout all of the time before that uh, to see how fast drug resistance alleles appeared in the population to the previous antimalarials and we used DNA typing techniques to generate the data. Now the alleles as you call them are parts of the DNA and you can actually recognize one's then that are the sort of signature of this resistance? Exactly. Uh, for these particular drugs and the drug resistance to chloroquine and Fancidar, it's been well studied by many others uh, to establish what the genetic changes uh, in these genes are that cause the parasite to be resistant physiologically to these drugs. So we can e quite easily type them in our samples because we know that these changes cause a resistance mechanism. Now, what sort of practical value can this knowledge have? You're able to identify these genes or the parts of the DNA. Uh, can you actually put this to use when you're thinking of treating patients? Well, many people are using these means of, of characterizing the parasites to describe the distribution of drug resistance today and that's particularly important throughout Africa um, where some of these drugs are still in use um, either in, through informal drug therapy uh, or also through intermittent preventative treatment which uses Fancidar still particularly in West Africa and so it's very important to know if populations uh, are likely to still be able to have a benefit either therapeutically or preventatively through using some of these older drugs um, and also in East Africa where chloroquine has not been used for quite a long time in some populations like in Malawi as the chloroquine use has been t uh, taken away so the parasite population has 
gradually become sensitive again. The drug selection has stopped and it might be that they could use chloroquine again sometime in the future. That's pretty good news. So it, it means that you can then uh, look for the signature of this resistance and, and plan your strategy accordingly. Indeed, and of course we could be optimistic and, and hope that when some drugs are withdrawn, as was the case in Malawi, that over a long period of time those drugs might become useful again. But in the short term, it's more that we have to mitigate against the bad news of the in increase in resistance to the drugs that are currently being used. But in Africa at the moment, the first-line treatment officially in all countries is artemisinin combination therapy, and so far there's been no reports of any resistance uh, clearly in most of the African countries but it has to be examined carefully because it could emerge at any point so some investigators are studying that within Africa at the moment. Indeed here at the meeting of the American Society of Tropical Medicine and Hygiene we've been getting news of Thailand and Cambodia experiencing some sort of resistance to artemisinin combination therapy. Um, what can you say in the light of your knowledge about the development of resistance? What can you say does the future hold and how might we plan a strategy to uh, take best advantage of this knowledge? Well, I think this is an area that needs a lot of careful discussion and debate. My own view is that now that it's clear that there is some emerging artemisinin resistance in the western part of Thailand as well as in Cambodia, then the possibility of containing it geographically has just become a lot more difficult than it would have been if, if it was restricted to Cambodia alone. So the containment is still a, an option, but it certainly will need to involve all of the Southeast Asian countries working together and being committed to this as a strategy. So what sort of measures would need to be taken? Well, I think it's ver ver the most important thing is to stop the use of artemisinin monotherapy uh, at the co community level and for uncomplicated malaria. Um, still, it's possible through the informal sector for people to buy and to use uh, artesunate or other formulations that don't have a partner drug. Um, and this, if it's used widely and without medical supervision is, is really a major risk in increasing the selection on the parasite. But it could be that even using the authorised artemisinin combinations that the selection is still going to continue. And that is a lot more difficult to, to deal with and it will, it will need a concerted effort among regional and I think WHO-led strategy to if, if containment is going to be possible. Professor David Conway of the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine talking to me at the American Society of Tropical Medicine and Hygiene annual conference in Philadelphia. For Audio News, I'm Peter Goodwin.